funny that you should say that. I did look it up. And uh, very interesting word, I might add. Well, let's hear it. Do you have it handy? I'll I'll step over here and get it if you don't. No, well, no, I don't. I don't have it handy, but I can pull it up. But probably by the time I get it pulled up, you'll have it. I got. I've got the dictionary. And another good word that I looked up at the same time was uh, rewards. Uh, rewards aren't all good. Uh, there's there's bad rewards. So we best be good. Goodness sake. Yeah, rewards are bad for those that uh, are either dead or alive, right? Yeah. Uh, anxious. Here's some, some uh, definitions. Full of solicitude. Uh, very careful. Solicitous. Where is that word anxious? What, what, uh, what verse is that? What verse is that word anxious uh, used in? Uh, seven six thirty four. Okay, that's 34. what I thought. Six yeah. thirty one. Um, solicitude uh, and solicitude. That makes it easy to understand. Uh, here we go in a nutshell is greatly concerned respecting something future or unknown. So it's kind of like worrying about things that are outside your control. Right? And what can you control? Well, you'd like to think you can control righteousness. I mean, that's your goal, isn't it? Seeking his kingdom. We hadn't had a lot of experience with his kingdom, have we? Well, this whole scripture in context is not fully always... uh, uh, correctly articulated by the clergy because as you say and as you pointed out Russell a key passage is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness so so therefore what he's saying to you is when you are out seeking to do the will of the father seeking after his righteousness you need not worry about whether you will be clothed or whether you will have this or whether you will have that because he's saying to that person who seeks first that kingdom, I will take care of you. Even should they kill you, they that despise you and persecute you for my name's sake, I will preserve you. And so, you know, for clergy to teach this whole scripture here uh, in an improper context as if to say, 
oh, you know, he's trying to tell you, you you just don't worry. You don't do this. You don't worry. You don't fret. You don't, no, 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 no. He's saying, don't even worry about those things that would come into your mind about, gosh, if I do this, I might not have that. If I say this, I might not any longer have my position of power and prestige. Am I wrong, men? No, I think that's definitely part of it. It's definitely the context. Yeah, we're in war right now. We are in war, and our enemy is consuming us very fast. And so let's put it in the context of war. And what is the war that, what is the war? You said it. Tell us the war. What is the war for? The The war war is right, the war is right there in verse 33. What is the war for? His kingdom. Amen. So seek the war is for our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you what do you mean? It's for our children and our grandchildren. What I mean? They're the well, they're the prize. Once they get them, they get the battle won. They got the war won. So they so either brainwash them and imprison them, or they steal them or kill them. It's all about the children. Well, here's something else that's kind of got me concerned now that you brought it up, Doug. Roseanne Barr brags about her Jewishness. Know who she is? Yeah. Okay, now. Today it came up, this new attorney general. And um, somebody wanted to know what his religious affiliation was. Well, he popped right back, oh, I'm a Catholic. And I thought, hmm, hmm. It doesn't make me really feel much more comfortable than if, if it were a Talmudic horn tutor. But... I'm not so sure that he's not. And 1% of our population gets to control the other 99% of us. Strange how that works, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to I'm going to Google the guy cuz I want to know. You know his name, his first name is it William Barr? Bob Barr? This is the head guy, the head lawkeeper of the nation. And Mr. Trump elected a puppet, like a teddy, a stuffed teddy bear the first time. And he's gone, and now he replaces him with 
a bush pony. I just was curious if you all knew anything about it other than that. So, just to answer the question, one of the questions, his name is William. Oh, good. Well, I'll plug that in and see what his background is. And it's strange to me how some people have Wikipedia pages and some people don't, but he does have one. Wikipedia is your guide to the swamp creatures. Well, you can take a deep side relief. His father was a Jew and converted to Catholicism. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm looking at a picture right now, and I, I almost said it, and I wish to God I had because I almost said, if he doesn't look like a Jew, and well, so, <laughs> that's funny. Well, I feel a lot better. I now. wish I could say I'm shocked. I wish I could say I'm shocked. He's a buddy of President Ronald Reagan, the most staunch conservative we've ever had. Well, he was our emissary from just... Hollywood, right? You yeah. know, you guys. You know, you guys think about this. We sit here and we are lamenting all of this and we know exactly why it's happening. We know exactly why it's happening. Don't we? Exactly. We know exactly why it's happening. It is happening because the curses and the blessings are promised. And we will receive blessings or we will receive curses. Now, now, now listen to this, Doug. Mr. Barr wrote a $55,000 check to get Jeb Bush elected president. Now, you tell me how in these Hades Mr. Trump hires him to be the top lawman. Jeb Bush was a pathetic. He got six, what, 20 votes? It cost a million dollars a vote or a billion dollars? And this is who this guy sided with when it came time to make a change. Deb Bush. And and that, and the wall. Well, he, he worked like Daddy, didn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it bring. Yeah, he he did. He was in the W W administration. You see, that brought me right back to the very first thought that I had when I heard the news come across the airwaves that he was going to nominate this former Bush 
cabinet official or this former, you know, W. You're just what? sitting there scratching your head and you're saying, Mr. President, Mr. President, do you Wait. not have any anybody, do you not have anybody in the 50 United States that you could call on that has not already been in this swamp? It, it gets just, better, Doug. Anybody who has not bent in need a bail. Mr. Barr has a daughter, Christine, who works for the government. Take a guess where she works. It's ding, 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 ding. If you said U.S. Department of Justice, you were right. He just wants to get in because he loves to serve. He just yeah, he looks serve. like he looks like he likes to do a little more than serve. It looks like he likes to be waited on, too. Uh-huh. Oh, brother. Um, well, good evening there from the Illinois front. Did you get uh, everything dug out so you could get a path to the sheep? Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, there's snow in the weekend. Well, the lows, it's drifting, you know, so the low spots are zero and the high spots are around eight. And the end of the driveway is around two foot. <laughs> or was. Oh, boy. Hey, so it's fine. your temperature today? Not Wisconsin. 40 degrees today? 30? Uh, it was 30. Four, 30 today? That's so Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of freezing drizzle today, so it's sticking around a little bit. Yeah, well, we're going to go into a little bit of a deep freeze here for the next week. So, well, Russell's trying to encourage us that this uh, this nominee for Attorney General is is right up the uh, uh, the alley of of what's going to bring about uh, assisting us to drain the swamp. And so far, he's not succeeding very well. Rich and I aren't <laughs> buying it, but. Um, He's making his case. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll see if I can get on board. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we have a, a divided bench here. <laughs> I have a little bit of uh, background talking around here, so I might end up on mute depending on how it goes. But I'll be here. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Well, um, so, so Russell, um, what what uh, what's your conclusion on our on our attorney to gen our attorney general to be? Well, I don't think it. Was somebody? Do you remember when Barack Obama was put in power? The Congress of the United States, the Republican uh, Congress, said uh, impeachment will not be on the table. Do not bring it up. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Now, we've had two years of all three phases of the government was supposedly our people.
Now, wouldn't it be make more sense to put pressure on Paul Ryan while he was the Speaker of the House than these bunch of kooks that are running it now? Why wait till a week before the end of the year to start this big ooh-ha-ha? Why not start it uh, 12 months earlier? It looks like to me you'd have better odds of getting something passed. Now, where where am I wrong here? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, a bunch of rhymes uh, to act like real people. What? You're expecting a bunch of rhinos to act like they really give oh. a damn about the country. But wouldn't it be easier to pressure rhinos than scum, scum suckers? Or, I mean, just pathetic, pathetic people. That, that shimmer yeah, and that woman know. are just pathetic. I mean, well, I'd the lobbyists are still busy stuffing money in their pockets. They don't pay attention to anything else. Well, well, let's let's go back toward the scripture. Somebody, somebody, help me. Well, I I think what you did there by bringing us to Matthew six and thirty three, uh, you know, once again. Well, uh, um, yeah. Go ahead. Just flick my switch on. We're exactly where they were when his kids were taking bribes, aren't we? They were helpless. Their solution was give us a king. We've talked about this on many occasions. Why didn't they dial up God and ask for help? Instead of asking they were well, let's go. Let's go read the answer to that because apparently we we have to be reminded of it uh, again and again and again. Um, yeah. Okay. Slow to slow to process. Let's see. Where are we? First uh, Samuel. That's a- First Samuel eight. Yeah. And uh came to pass when Samuel was old, I'm in one, first Samuel eight one, came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abiah, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to uh, Samuel under uh, Ramah. And, and they said unto Samuel, Your sons don't walk in their way, in, your, in, in thy ways, and you're old. Therefore, um, we are invoking the law of God upon your sons for taking bribes and perverting judgment. You added some. That, oh, I, I added some? Yeah. Your yours, do, yours doesn't say that? What does yours say? 
says, now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the other nations because what we got going here is not working either. <laughs> okay, and all right, I, I stand corrected. I, I, I had scribbled all over that particular passage, and I will, I will erase that a little bit. Uh, then all the elders... Uh, uh, um, the thing, the thing displeased Samuel when they said, "Give us a king to judge us." And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, "Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them." So there's the answer. We have rejected him that he should not reign over us. And these that are in these positions of leadership have rejected him. And should we now go to the government who is reigning over us and say, give us a new constitution? Well, okay, sure, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that. Yes, we'll do that. In fact, we'll amend that constitution for you. We'll, we'll make it better. We'll make it so that it serves you better. You know, I did an 11 or 12 part series or longer on uh, America's constitutional idolatry, and I pointed out exactly that, how those kings of England before and those monarchs and rulers of old, how they constantly said, okay, well, we'll do this. They gave them a parliament. They gave them a parliament of 500. Then they gave them a parliament of... You know, I don't even remember all the changes that they gave them. And nothing ever worked and nothing ever satisfied and nothing ever worked to give them the true liberty that they sought. Only the righteousness of the kingdom of Christ, as we read in Matthew 6, invoked in this North American continent, put in place, established and decreed, did we begin to see the freedoms, and as soon as we exchanged that king, the decrees and commands of Yahweh our God, the God of Jacob Israel, and passed them off for the mess of pottage called a constitution, we rejected God. And it's no surprise and it's no wonder, just as we said a little bit ago, we sit here, we lament everything, we shake our heads, and we're going, I can't believe this. Why would he nominate this guy who's part of the swamp, been part of the swamp out of 50 possible states in the union? He could not find one righteous judicial or, or legal mind that could enter into the attorney general's position or law enforcement officer to go in there. I can name a black guy in the state of Wisconsin uh -huh. that could have done a better job. And in fact, I really think he would have loved that job. I think he would have liked to see Trump give him that job, but or at least nominate him for the job. He was a sheriff of Milwaukee County. Uh-huh. Yeah. David? his name oh I can't remember his name I don't know why but but again 
You know, yeah, but law enforcement protects bonds. Rule over the sons of Israel. Well, uh, no, I I agree, Rich. I mean, it was. I, I'm just saying, you know, uh, there are some people who actually do get it, and and obviously this guy does not get what the problem is to stand there in front of Congress and say, well, yeah, I think this Mueller, where there's no one ever going to be prosecuted. I've never had any delusion that there ever would be. But, you know, you always hold out for hope that somebody actually will have courage and the intestinal fortitude. Let's go back to Matthew 6.33 because, once again, I'm right. I'm telling you, that chapter does not often get read in its proper context. And the proper context of Matthew 6 that Russell brought us to right out of the box, it says, I'm going to start at 6. Um, uh, um, 6.30. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or whatever shall we be clothed? For after all these things did the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But, but, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As I said, the proper context of chapter 6, at least in this part here, teaching about um, anxiety, worry, so forth, the proper context, primary meanings and secondary meanings. We've had that discussion before. There may be a primary teaching and a secondary teaching. And in this case here, if you are seeking the first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, don't you worry about whether or not you'll have something to eat. Don't you worry about the fact that they, the workers of iniquity, have taken your clothing or turned you out of your house. See, that's the context for this, because you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and that is why God protects you. It's why he covers you. It's why he does the things that he does. And even as I said, should they decide to kill you, he says, don't worry. That's the quintessential promise that says, you're coming to me, boy. When they do that to you, you're coming to me because you were seeking the righteousness of God. And so instead of Samuel's, instead of the Israelites in Samuel's day saying, we are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness and your sons are not following in it, what say you shall we be have be done to these boys of yours? No, no, that's not what they said. They said, okay, they don't walk in your ways and you need to give us a king because it looks like all these other nations out here have kings and it works pretty well there. But And God says, yeah, give it to them. They've rejected me. Uh, listen to this. This 
analyzation of the word betray. Uh, it goes through all the different languages that evolved into what it is now to draw in a traitor. Um, the sense is to draw, to withdraw or lead away, which would agree with uh, to deceive. That's the Danish word, betrager, to deceive and treachery. In strictness, to fail in duty, to be guilty of breach of trust, to violate the confidence reposed. The word does not in and of itself import to deliver up, but by usage, either with or without the word enemies, it, it signifies to deliver up in breach of trust. To deliver into the hands of an enemy by treachery, fraud, or deceit. To violate by fraud or unfaithfulness. To violate confidence by disclosing a secret. Mislead, expose, uh, to fail or deceive. I, I got to tell you, that describes a whole lot of these politicians to me. Amen. Starting right at the top and working yourself down. You can throw Ron Paul in there. You can throw throw any of them in there because if they know a crime was committed, they need to file charges. And every morning on every right-wing or right-minded show, they're all talking about all these violations of the law, but I don't see anybody getting charged. Have you noticed that? And Hannity seems to make me sicker than any of them because it's over and over and over. And and yet he lives very comfortably and never offers up a solution. Why hasn't somebody filed charges against these FBI officials for violating the law? Because they you know, go ahead. I don't think they can because they are the government. The FBI in the Justice Department. Who's watching the fox while the fox is sitting on top of the chicken shed? Nobody. Remember when that slutty lesbian murdered all those children at the Waco thing? Who was judging her for her actions? Nobody. These people at the top got nobody. They they can speed all over town without a seatbelt on. You think somebody's going to pull them over? Well, no, see that, that yeah that, they they yeah they they learned they learned that not only what they needed to do was get into the positions of power. You know, this is an interesting thing that I don't think is being talked about anywhere at all either. Is that you know, that they do talk about this up-and-coming group of, of legislators that have been elected and how far to the left they are. Well, back in the Clinton days, you know, this was the group of the 60s that said, you know, we're going to take over the government. And that's exactly what they did. 
So they got into the positions of power, and now there's another group of these leftists that are rising up and saying that we're going to position ourselves in the seat of government. And um, so uh, what we're seeing is the slow and steady decline and degradation of the entire nation that, that's going to you know, be drawn down and polluted as a result of it. And as we were saying, you know, we sit here, we shake our heads, you know, and it's like Rich said, you know, it's like we can't catch a break. And the answer is clear. No, we're not going to catch a break. Not until we turn back to God. And in turning back... Huh? Go ahead. I said... I need somebody to write a book on that procedure so that we can spread it across the land. Because Billy Graham didn't do a good job of it. He did quite the opposite, didn't he? He got to lay in the rest of Jesus into your heart. How about this? You can't pray in a public school, but Billy Graham gets to lay in the rotunda of the Capitol. Supposedly, he was a well, that's why his Papa Bush had oh. such a big. Uh, he was a one-term president and had the, the hugest funeral I've seen in years. Yeah. And the kid from the peanut picker from George will be next up. His will be huge. He'll be a saint. Like that loser from Arizona. They turned him into saints. He couldn't buy, he couldn't win dog catcher. Front of the Republican. Who, who fixed that one up? Well, that was a, that was a, Sure deal for Obama to go into office. People look at Larry Lizard, then they look at Obama. Well, nobody's voting for that log-jawed nut from Arizona who's living off his money, off his beer bootlegging wife. What has he done? He's a hero? What did he do? Who did he save? Who did he drag from a drowning pool of water? Nobody. He got favored treatment in Vietnam and got released early because his dad was a senator or a naval guy. It was a buddy-buddy deal. He was an admiral, and his grandfather was an admiral. What did he... He had an opportunity to change America. What does he do? Gets up sick and flies to Washington and keeps it in its place. Now that's a real man of integrity, isn't it? He was a real hero when he abandoned all the POWs, too. Yeah. Him and Kerry, both of them. Talk about traitor and betrayal. Yeah, and and a few days from now, the whole country's going to shut down in honor of a whoremonger. 
And this guy was never elected to anything. And he's going to have a whole day named after him when all of our other preceding presidents, let's just make them President's Day. You know, the thought occurred to me, why don't we just skip the bull and have a Mexican day, a white day, and a black day? Because that's what they all want. Except do away with the black uh, the white day. What do with Columbus Day? Scripture, Doug, please. <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, let me tell you. Um, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys if you'd like to tonight. I was gonna ask you how you guys would like to see God and live. And uh, we we got off on this subject here, and uh, it, it's it's good, it's it's lively, and uh, so as far as having a scripture, um, you know, we're we're right back to the same uh, the same thing that we've always come to the conclusion, and and. Uh-huh. Just like that, Matthew 6, if we don't understand what the kingdom of God is, and we don't understand that he created this kingdom, that he calls his kingdom, that he says he's in command of, that he says he's in charge of, that he says he controls the winds of, that he uh, commands the seas and commands you know, all of these things, this is his kingdom. And until until society, uh, the people, uh, receive and respect and accept that this is the kingdom and we fight for his kingdom, it's, it's like this. You have an inheritance. And you put certain individuals in charge of the inheritance until your son comes of age. And those people that you put in charge of the inheritance are so busy enjoying the inheritance, they have forgotten that there is going to come the son who is going to come of age who is supposed to receive the kingdom. And those that have been put in charge of the kingdom have totally squandered and misused everything. And so when the son who is to receive the kingdom comes or is brought into the kingdom to receive the kingdom, he is now of age, they say, come. Let us kill him. Let us kill him. Because if we don't kill him, he's going to find out that we've been partaking of the blessings and the benefit of the inheritance 
and he's going to kill us. It's not really rocket science, is it? No. No. Well, maybe Isaac's got a word. Let's hope. Isaac? I'm waiting for that little blue microphone to turn gold. There it is. Yeah, got there the it is. Microphone. <laughs> Speak now or yeah, hi. Your <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I guess I'm... My opinion is that everything's screwed up because we've ignored God and there's plenty of good examples all throughout the Bible of that happening. It's people falling away and so he turns. He turns from us because we've turned from from him. And the solution is not to go I guess I guess the solution isn't to target the uh the punishment. It's to target ourselves and our behavior so that he'll turn back to us. And then he will use us to remove the punishment, I think. That's that's what my opinion is, and that's what I think that the Bible reveals to us. And then with with that being said, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, uh he he was he he and all of the disciples were were in a oppressive government, a very oppressive government, and and they were all they were all saved. You know, they all regardless of the fact that that government that they were uh, under was oppressive, they they all uh, you know, they were all saved. They all received the glory. So that's that's hopeful, I think. But it doesn't mean that we can just sit on our butts. So that's where I'm at. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm just looking for it now of the scripture. Um, and I think I've got it in Acts here, chapter 17, it looks like. Got it a little marking in my Bible here, and I'll just see if it if it's correct. But I've got uh, Acts 17, and uh, verse 6. I always like this part here. Let's start at 5. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people, 
And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These have turned the world upside down, are come hither also, whom Jason has received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they trouble the people and the rulers of the city. And when they heard these things, and when they had taken security of Jason and of the others, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, and also honorable men, which were Greeks, and of men not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also, and stirred up the people, and then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it were, to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still, and they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus, for to come to him with all speed they departed. The thing that we learn from this period of time of Christ our God walking upon the earth and I know it's getting late but it, maybe it's no accident that it turned out this way and that I came to this scripture upon Isaac's encouragement about what the end of the game is if you will and how God intends to use us this is how he uses us. You see, Jason and those talked that there was a different king in charge. They talked that there was a new king who had all dominion and all power and all authority upon his shoulders. And this turned the world upside down. So, if we want to have the same success of turning the world upside down, then we have to talk about this king who has dominion over this kingdom. This king who was king came as the son of the king, laid down his life. In other words, others took the life of the son who was the heir of the kingdom and slew him, killed him. And they did what? They rejoiced over that. But three days later, that king over that kingdom raised himself from the grave, from the dead, and continues to reign over that kingdom. And that was the news that went out 
and that was the news that changed the world. And when you watch the course of history from that time forward, it was a steady march toward the people rejecting the government of men for the government of God, which culminated in the 13 tribes of Israel being regathered in that new Jerusalem of the United States of America. But it didn't last for very long. They traded that king once again, just as they did in Samuel. They traded God, the king over the kingdom. They traded it in for a mess of pottage. This time it was called a constitution. And that constitution has shackled the ankles of their children's children because they have forsaken their God and they have rejected him. So if we want the world to once again, we're going to have to decry the same decree that the apostles did, and that is the king over his people is still the king and the kingdom is still his and all power all dominion and all authority is his and until we get that figured out we're going to continue to have these that reign over us that despitefully use and abuse us continually so Well said. They went out and said there was a new king. There was a new sheriff in town. Go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, no, I just said well said. A pretty solid summary. (laughs) It's biblical, isn't it, Rich? Well, it's true because uh, every chance they get, they take his name down and they promote other gods. So you really hit hit a gods nerve with that, and you bring up the, even just his name. Yep, gods of wood, gods of stone. Who are the gods of stone? Well, whoever they've uh, marbleized in stone. Who are the gods of wood? Well, what's the paper currency made out of? Wood. We bow down Perception. Gaia, the trees, right? Yeah, the we grow on and on and on. The, the idols and the groves and every high hill. It's not a pretty sight for those of us that long after and lament, but um, our commission is to be about the Father's business. Yeah. 
Yeah, they worship cars, you know, be jewelry, about. houses. Yeah. Vanity, vanity. Everywhere is vanity. Well, you know, you guys passed up being able to learn about how to see God and live. Well, shoot. Now what? <laughs> you can save that for next week. How's that? Don't forget to tune in. Yeah. Well, I, I reckon I can. I can save that for next week or... We can just continue right on. <laughs> well, I will save it for next week. Uh, you see, I'm working on those titles, Russell. And uh, well, so, so, what was that, Russell? I I think you've done a pretty good job. Myself. So keep it up. Uh, those uh, those pit bulls there are they gonna are they gonna let loose your leg pretty soon or whoever's leg they've got? <laughs> I uh, I've seen those pit bulls of Russell. I've seen those pit bulls of Russell's down there, and I know that's why he laughed. <laughs> All right, here's here's the scripture for next week. It's in John chapter 1 verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Okay? And I'm going to teach you how, if you don't already know how, to see God and live. I don't even get a wow. (laughs) (laughs) It it sounds good. Very sophisticated. Well, just think, if he's wrong, you die. (laughs) Um, Here, maybe maybe what I should have done was taken you to Exodus 33.20, but I thought I'd better give it to you out of the New Testament because I figured you guys were probably, you know, New Testament Christians, and and if I didn't give it to you out of the New Testament, you'd probably just roll your eyes at me and, and... Thank old Doug's off on another one of his things, you know. Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, and it says, uh, And he said, Thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. (laughs) And I was thinking... It might be exciting to learn how to see God and live. Okay. 
Doesn't that sound exciting? I would say so. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking to a guy that's delivered five of his nine children. I've seen God and lived. It was just a a, a picture, but (laughs) it was definitely God. I was seeing, I was seeing the uh, the manifestation of God's creation. That makes sense, like when you see a butterfly's wings. You see a yeah. piece of. Yeah. Or yeah. When you see some do something really unselfish. Uh, I, before we close tonight. Uh, there was a there was a there's been an odor in the air here for a couple of nights, and I've talked to several of the neighbors, and we noticed it was coming out of one chimney behind us. Several people said, "Let's just call the police." And I said, "Not that, not that I'm anything great, okay, but what I said was, well, I'll go talk to him. Wouldn't that be the right thing to do?" Uh-huh. Just go talk to the man and see if he'll quit burning these plastics or whatever he's burning. Sure. And I didn't I didn't want to do it. I was tired. But I went over there and I introduced myself. He said, yeah, I'm Timmy. And I said, Timmy, you've been a good neighbor for a long time. I've never had any trouble out of you. And I don't know what you're burning in there, but it's not good. It's toxic. He said, well, that would have to be these uh, railroad ties I've been burning. Oh, my. Uh, Yeah, and he said, I'm (laughs) real sorry, but it's been cold, as you know. And then he said, my wife died in October, and I've been living a miserable life. And up until just recently, I've got back in the church. He said, I'm so sorry said, you won't smell another one after this one's in there is burned out. And he went on to tell me about the things he's been through. So, you know, this this thought came to me sometimes when you get, you've got to say the spirit is a force. It's a force. When that force blows an idea into your head and you know it, you better obey. I'm glad I did. Amen. So I told this Tim, I said, We're gonna we're gonna say a word of prayer tonight for you, Tim. And so just get ready. Because <laughs> we believe in it. <laughs> Amen. So I just wanted y'all to hear that story because you just never know, do you? No, you don't. No, he's living by himself. Great encouragement. Yeah. Well, let's let's lead it on. Let's lead it on, Russell. Lord, we thank you for all the many wonderful things you do, and actually, Lord, we know you reveal yourself to us daily in all these different great wonderful things we forgive us for 
we don't doubt you, Lord, not at all. Well, I, I say we don't. I hope we don't. We act sometimes like <laughs> not the right way, God, but we come before you here tonight to humble ourselves and say, as a group, we love you and we want to honor you. We want to be righteous and we want to. We want to turn our ways to you, Lord, and so help us. We're calling up to heaven, Lord. Do you hear us? Can you hear us? Please help us and lead us and direct our paths and shape our brain so that we're focused on your kingdom. We want to put it first, Lord. Be with this, this man, Tim, behind me that's going through a very lonely time right now. Comfort him. He... He told me he's back in your church and he's learning your ways. So I thank you for that and pray that that he does learn your ways, Lord, and just walk with him. Be with each one of us. We all have our daily struggles. But we expect you to help us. We thank you for it, Jesus. In your holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, amen. amen. We do, Father. We do pray for all your people, Father. We we know how that you care so much that you do not want one to perish. And Father, we pray that we can be about that service to continue to shepherd your flock in our own small ways, in our own small areas. And Father, we pray for the strength and the boldness that we need to stand firm and to stand in your word and take the darts and the blows that are going to be coming at us and thrown at us for speaking boldly and and keeping your word in its proper context and speaking it boldly and proclaiming your kingdom to the people and what it means to be in the kingdom of Christ and to be in service and under him as our king the one that you transferred all dominion and power to for the redemption of your people. Father, this Tim, I pray that Brother Russell will have another opportunity to show him that he can come to fellowship once a week here too, if he'd like. Father, you know I've reached out to people to to fellowship here. And, uh, you know... I don't know what else to do, and um, I'm just thankful for these men to fellowship with me because I need them, and they help me stay grounded to your word, inspired and strengthened by it daily, to keep forging ahead and digging into it. And Father, I thank you for all that you've done with the children that have been born in these families, and those that are yet to be born, that are in the womb, thank you for the protection that you're providing, that they can come to full term and that they can be a wonderful blessing to your kingdom to honor and serve you and be the next generation that stands for your righteousness and your will and your glory. Father, I pray also that this man is burning these railroad ties with the creosote in him because he's a little chilly. He needs somebody that's 
got a half a cord of wood or something that can bring him up a pickup full of some wood. Father, I pray that you'll have somebody that just rings up his door or rings up Russell's door and says, I, I hear and understand that you need some wood. And Russell knows what to do with it, and certainly if it's Timmy's door that he knocks on, then obviously he's going to know what to do with it. And so, Lord, that's my prayer. But he has a little wood, so it's a little cool out. He doesn't have the money probably. He's alone now, lost a wife, maybe lost a part of an income. I don't know. But he's a little cool. He's doing this to put a little heat in the home. And it's probably not going to get real warm real fast. So I pray that you send somebody, Father. I'm too far away from him, but you know where somebody is. And I thank you. I know that that call is already going out. I see it already being done. I thank you for it. Father, I just thank you for the blessings on Rich and Nancy's travels. I know they're in the Southern Command now. And Pray that all went to work well for them. I know it's quite an ordeal always to make that transition and get themselves up. It was just a blessing having them here again tonight. Thank you for your blessings on Isaac and his family, his wife, and his mother and father-in-law that traveled, spending some time with them before their child is born. And so, Father, we just put all these things in prayer and give thanks and glory to you for knowing our needs far in advance and being there with us. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we ask you to drown some swamp creatures. Take them out, Father. We come against them in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone that won't Acknowledge your name as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Father. Just take them out. We don't care who they are or what they are. Amen. Christ, Father, take them out. Give us some righteous leadership in this country. Lord God, especially the Democrats. Boy, I tell you. Republicans aren't much better, but at least they don't outright hate you like the others do. We come against them in the name of Jesus. We bind them and loose them before your throne. Your righteous indignation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good night, guys. Good night. All right, man. Well, enjoyed it. You guys have a good night. We'll catch you next week. Good night. Good night, all. All right. Good night. All right. We'll see you.